0: Welcome to the Queen's Innovation Runway podcast. This podcast series is about sharing the emerging success stories from Queen's University and Eastern Ontario from startups through small to medium sized enterprises. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to this episode of Queen's Innovation Runway Podcast. In this episode, we have Christina Stanley. Christina is the co-founder of a company called Fictionary. In combining her degree in computer mathematics with success as a best-selling author and fiction editor, Christina is the creator and driving force behind Fictionary, growing right here in Eastern Ontario. Christina, welcome and thank you for taking the time to chat with us.
1: Hi, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here today.
0: So tell us about Fictionary. What is the burning problem you're solving? What drove you to decide to jump into the entrepreneurial waters?
1: Sure. So I love talking about Fictionary, as it's my company, you know. I decided to create Fictionary because there's a great need in the world right now for proper story editing. And by story editing, I mean editing at a high level, the structure of a story, so characters, plot, setting, the story arc, basically how the story is built. So not looking at words, but looking at the actual story. And With the explosion of self-publishing, there's millions of writers today who are publishing their own books, and that's great. It's a fantastic time to be a writer and have that opportunity. The problem is, how do you edit your own story if you don't know how? And it takes years of studying to actually learn how to story edit properly. And so the first problem we solved was helping writers themselves able to edit their own story before they go on to a professional editor or publish themselves either way this works for them so then the next problem was where do writers find professional editors who know how to story edit and what's changed in the industry today is publishers no longer have apprenticeship programs for editors there's really nowhere in the world right now to learn how to be a story editor at a high level there's many many opportunities for copy editing and proofreading and so we created a product for editors to help them not only story edit but to learn how to story edit and we also created a certification course that goes with it to help them so we can solve the problem of writers wanting to edit their own story and editors who want to be a professional editor, but really have nowhere to go to learn and don't have a tool to do it. And so bringing the two together, we hope to bring better stories worldwide.
0: So two products and your target is aspiring authors that may have a 50, 60, 80,000 word manuscript in hand. And they're saying, okay, ha, I've done it. What's my next step? And that's where you could take a service like Fictionary and Tell us about how the process would work with your technology.
1: Yeah, so it's, of course, I love it because it's mine, but the magic of Fictionary really happens when a writer has that manuscript, as you say, they've written a draft. And so they have a story fleshed out, doesn't have to be finished, but they have an actual story. And so what they do is they import their manuscript into Fictionary, and Fictionary then analyzes it, using natural language processing, and it builds the story arc for them. It shows them the word count per scene. It breaks everything out and organizes the story into chapters and scenes so for the first time ever, a writer or an editor can see a story in a visual way. They can see the story arc and see if it's actually working, if it's going to produce a working story. And I'll talk a little bit about the story arc in a minute and the value of a story arc, but the software is very visual and it's very organized and it's full of writing and editing information so as the person works through the story they can learn how to do this at the same time
0: so we've chatted offline about this going back w- way back in history storytelling is probably one of the primary knowledge transfer knowledge retention tools instruments we have whether it's families telling stories down through generations but over time there's actually quite a formulaic approach to stories, not to spoil it for anybody who learns this and, and have it spoil movies or stories, but there's a fairly set story arc or story formula that you need to follow that with your background in math, computers, etc., it's very interesting that, and by the way, I should have mentioned, so Christina a best-selling fiction author. So, so she's got the left brain and the right brain coming together to develop this natural language processing tool. Is it Based on that sort of tried and true, time-tested formula for stories that you compare these manuscripts against.
1: Yeah, and so what we did is we took we started at the first book stories, not books, of course. At the time, Beowulf, first Anglo-Saxon story, epic poem, but followed the three-act, five-key-scenes story arc, and. Throughout time, all widely read stories, widely told stories, widely watched stories follow some form of the story arc. And there's different versions that have been developed over time from, you know, just the three act structure with Aristotle, of course, and then moving on to others that have 7, 12, 28, 30 different points you have to hit in a story. And so we took all of that and mapped it into five common scenes that all of the different story arcs have. And so it's the, it's a starting point for the writer to go, okay, if you have these five key scenes, you've created a story that the human brain is adapted to and inclined to enjoy. It's how the human likes to enjoy a story. And there's been a lot of research done through various universities on the theory behind this. And so we created formulas to actually analyze the story And pull out the inciting incident, plot point one, the midpoint, plot point two, and the climax. And these are the five key turning points of a story. And when you know them, you'll see that all of the popular stories have these scenes. And so the first thing for a writer to do is to look at, do I have all five key scenes? That's step one. And if you don't, you got to go back and rewrite and put them in. And if you do, do they do all the things those five key scenes need to do? That's the next step. And then after that, it's are they in the right place in the story? So if you ever watch a story, for example, where it's dragging at the beginning and you're thinking, OK, something has to happen, that means the inciting incident occurred too late in the story. And so the reader's bored and thinks, uh, OK, I'll put the book down. So it needs to occur into the story or earlier, and all of the story arc forms over time, some want it right at the beginning, some around 10%. And so what we've done is created a form for an author, a structural form for an author to follow. So they still have the leeway to move things around, and their artistic talent comes in with that. But if they hit the guidelines for it, then their story is is going to be a, a strongly structured story.
0: And by looking at it through those elements, does that give authors then a chance to sharpen their pencil, so to speak, to increase the dramatic qualities, intensity, to make it a little more robust by focusing on those landmark time points in the story arc so that they can presumably increase the the readability and uh, uptake? I guess then you'd hope have more success with finding agents or getting a book published.
1: Right. And so that's the first thing they do. And then the next thing is the software has broken down the story into chapters and scenes. And we have uh, developed the 38 fictionary story elements. And the, the writer or editor analyzes the scene against those 38 elements for every scene. So they go to a high-level structure. Then they edit on a scene-by-scene basis. And when they're done that, they go back. Because at that time, you typically delete scenes, add scenes, move scenes around you know, shorten them, lengthen them, whatever. And so once you've done all the scene by scene, you go back to the story arc, which redraws every time an update is made. And so you can see as you go, the story arc change and, and you can get it to be in the right, in the right areas. And so it starts high level, goes to scene by scene, goes back to high level. And by that point, there's a strong story and then they can move on to copy editing proofreading, publishing, et
0: cetera. I'm always fascinated how these products start. I'd like to get you to chat about it, but in watching some of your YouTube videos, and by the way, Christina and Fictionary publish a lot of helpful information on their YouTube channels and social media. So be sure you go to check those out, running workshops and all those types of things all the time, really uh, building a community to help writers. In this YouTube video I watched for some of your early published fiction works, you actually went through the trouble of breaking down your story into all these elements, chapters, scenes, keeping track of the weather, character arcs, what they were wearing, what they knew at certain times in Excel, in a spreadsheet. And I just can't imagine how much time that took, but was that the inspiration to say, well, I'm a writer and I use this and this was valuable. If I could turn this into something else, uh, maybe we could make this available at scale to other authors.
1: Exactly, that's what, so what happened, my. Uh, The acquiring editor, the agent I had at the time, I'd written three books and they decided that they thought book three should be book one. So I had to flip it and rewrite it. So try keeping track of all of that, right? And the other feedback I got from the agent was you need to make your protagonist more likable, which is really vague. Like, what does that mean? So then I, I built this massive connecting spreadsheet with sheets that drew graphs and drew my story arc and my word count per scene. And I built this huge complex thing to do my books and really edit them properly by myself because I was struggling with, you know, I'd probably at that point read hundreds of books on how to write. There's very few on how to edit. I took all of that information. And I put it into the spreadsheet. Okay. This is what point of view is. This is what you need to look at for this scene. And so I had this huge thing built and then, of course, comes the, the, you know, that moment where you think, wow, we actually have something here. And people kept asking me for my spreadsheet. And you think, no, oh, that took me two years to build. Build your own, right? That's crazy. I'm not, You know, my friends, of course, but I didn't. It was mine, right? And so then at that point, we decided, let's turn this into an app. We'll start a company, you know, how hard can that be? Ha ha. And <laughs> we'll build an app and make it available and the editing part for professional editors came on after when we really saw how many writers were struggling with finding an editor who could properly edit at the story level and we ran into too many people who thought they had a structural edit and it was really a a copy edit and that's really tough you think oh I spent all that money and I didn't get what I needed And so then we started working with editors and editors started pushing us. Well, why don't you have a product for editors so they can do the same thing? And so that's our Story Coach product. And it's basically enabled editors to do way better quality in half the time. And so they have a structured process with their own set of teaching information in it that it, it was sort of pulled out of us after we figured out, once we had product market fit for our storyteller product for writers, the editor thing came in afterwards. We weren't thinking of that when we first started.
0: Wow, it's nice to see how that evolves. So you start with the product for writers and then say, well, wait a minute, editors could actually use this. And you've used the keywords for any startup, which is allowing editors to do their job faster with a higher quality, Probably at a lower overall cost. So they're in the business of selling their services as editors. They want to increase their margins. Presumably, if they can deliver a better product using a software tool, that's going to be a compelling value proposition. Is that the pitch?
1: Yes, exactly. And um, you know, we we took probably nine months to work with editors all over the world to get it right to figure out what they need. You know, Story Coach is very new. It's been out for about nine months now, and. You know we're pretty excited about it because it, it's you know I'm a writer at heart, and so I, my soft spot really is to help writers. And so, you know, if a writer wants to self-edit, great, they should before hiring a professional editor anyway. But if they do want to go and um, use a professional editor, I want them to have a place to go where they know that editor is great.
0: And so, in addition to the coaching product, you have a certification so that if somebody goes to use them and they've got the fictionary seal of approval, you know that they've been trained and are qualified to use the product and engage in those services kind of as a quality check. I assume in the publishing business, there's a range of service providers out there, let's just put it that way. And this is one way to get some idea that you're getting quality. Is that, that the idea?
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's really the goal is that it's a quality edit and the certification program, it's its hard. We're the only course worldwide that offers a person at the opportunity to edit a full manuscript. There's lots of courses where they teach you how to do a fiction edit on a scene, but that doesn't tell you you have a novel that works. And how do you know how to edit a full novel? It's very different editing 2,000 words to 80,000. And so we are right now the single place, if you want to learn how to do a full story coach edit,
0: just as a slight tangent, have you ever taken like a Harry Potter manuscript and put it through your platform or other known books? Must be a kind of an interesting experience to go through and see how those plot elements come through your software.
1: And, you know, and it's fascinating. So what we do, because of course we don't have the rights to, to copy a book in, we put in all the points ourselves manually. So we can, you know, you pick up, and so we've done Harry Potter, Twilight, Game of Thrones, I, you know, of course, starting at Beowulf and moving forward through all, Jane Austen, Hemingway, on and on and on, right? So, and we've also done some movies like Thelma and Louise to see where they hit. And you just divide it up on the 25, 50, 25% mark and look at, okay, where are these things happening? Where is their inciting incident? And so it all. It it just works, and so every one of those stories is dead on, and by doing Harry Potter, it it also teaches things that, so in her first book, the climax is a bit early, but she uses that extra space to set up book two, so if you're writing a series, it's a little bit different, so you can go, okay, in this book, climax is here, because these things needed to happen to close off the story, and set up book two. Game of Thrones was a really fascinating one to do to figure out who the protagonist is. And so I actually wrote a small ebook on that because it's such a popular story and written from many points of view. And Jason Bourne, The Bourne Identity, another one for a beautiful example of hitting the story arc and really having a strong protagonist that that draws the reader through. And so we've done all of those books and we continue to do new books as they go. And honestly, I can't help it when I read a book, I have to just go, okay, what what is it? Oh, that's the inciting incident. Where are we in the book? Okay, we keep going. So I can't read any other way now.
0: Once you've got the story arc structure and formula, that's the lens you look at. Fascinating. Before I forget, Now, does an author need to have a full manuscript or could they use one of your two software products to actually write the manuscript?
1: They can. So um, an author would only ever use Storyteller because it's meant and designed for someone who has a draft or is writing a draft versus someone who's editing a full manuscript, which is Story Coach. And it's designed for a person editing someone else's. So in Storyteller, we started initially, yeah, you had to have a draft. So you needed 50,000 words or more. And then, of course, the pull came, well, I finished my first book. I want to write my second book in Fictionary. So we thought, we don't really want to be a writing software. We want to be editing software. But what, it, as it turns out, as they're writing, all of the story elements are there right beside. Their, it sits side by side. So the novel is here and their story elements are beside it. When they're looking at their screen, they go, OK, so what's my entry hook? Uh, OK, this is what it is. And so they just look down the side. Oh, yeah, it's like almost having a checkpoint as you write. Oh, I don't have any tension in the scene. I better do this. Okay, I'm missing an exit hook. How how am I going to do that? And so what we did for that is we developed very basic editing. So it's not meant for formatting. We don't want the writer to get distracted with, Okay, I need a paragraph indent and I want this highlighted. We don't want any of that. We want them to focus on the story and not be distracted. And so we put in a very straightforward editor where they can actually write their software or write their novel and the story arc builds as they write it needs to have a full story so it won't actually draw until a draft is there but the word count per scene the characters per scene the point of view insights they all draw as the writer is writing and they can see the story develop while they're writing so that's pretty cool too yeah and they can see right away uh-oh, this scene is too long compared to the other scenes and it's not one of my key scenes. I better figure out how I'm going to shorten this and make a second scene. So they can see the balance and the structure of the story with before they get carried away, basically.
0: Give us an example of a couple of challenges that you've gone from being an author and book editor to running a software-as-a-service company.
1: Sure. So, you know, the the... Actual running the company is not so bad because we both, my husband and I run it together and we both have a lot of business experience leading in. So that part was okay. The The hard part, so when we started, we bootstrapped and we spent our own money to build the beta. We got some paying customers, you know, we thought, okay, we have something, people are excited about it, we'll keep going. And so at that point, we needed outside funding. And the world of funding is a huge learning experience on its own of how do you actually um, engage people and get them to spend their money on your company. So we did our our first round of funding in uh, early 2018-ish. I don't remember exactly the date, but somewhere around there. And we were very lucky because we met Scott Lake, who is one of the co-founders of Shopify, and so he was our first investor, and we met him through an accelerator program in Victoria, BC called Viatech. And he was our advisor and then became our, our first investor. And so huge knowledge base there, right? And, and if you think of, you know his background and coming through Shopify and starting a snowboarding company to turning it into the online shopping store. Well, that's a pretty big transition, right? So super smart guy. And then after him, we um, pitched to the Women's Equity Lab in Victoria. And it's an organization that a group of women basically pull their money into a fund, and then they invest in Canadian companies. And so... We were lucky enough to, to have them as our second investors, and, and then it went from there. But it's really difficult when you've never pitched an idea to investors or worked with investors to figure out how to do that, right? It's I have my math degree, and I write books, so... Um, that was really that was a stretch for me, and and, and very nerve wracking because there's a lot in it. You know, you need the money, and so you want the answer to be yes. And you go through the standard rejection process, and you spend a lot of time pitching, and and people aren't interested, and or, and you get dragged along for a while, and then people go, "Well, you're actually too small for us." And you think, but you knew that six months ago. Could you not have told me then? So I didn't spend all that time doing that. I could have been working with somebody else. So you know, as a startup, if you need money, it's, and we were, we were lucky too, because of Scott, then once we had him, he coached us through, you know, we got to practice all our pitch decks on him. And, and so we had him to help us do that, which I think, without that, you know, it would have been much more difficult. And so then the challenge becomes market awareness. And that is, in a way we are like shopify in the sense that before shopify there were no online stores that people had themselves nobody knew they needed one it just mm, okay you did you you sold how you sold right and then shopify came along and now look at them and and for us all of the writers who are coming out through the the self publishing don't know they need to self edit their own book before they go anywhere so we have the struggle of showing people what to do and why they need it. And so I think, you know, the funding problem we solved, the market awareness we're still working really hard at because it's, you know, things are continually changing. And, you know, so we have Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. And we've actually hired someone to deal with all of that for us because it, the, it's, it's too high a volume and and so as a founder, you have to kind of start the stuff on your own and then give it off to somebody else and go the next step. And so it's a continual growth pattern of doing something that maybe is a little bit outside of your comfort zone, but you have to do it.
0: You've hit on a lot of the key points for startups. If you can find an a mentor, an advisor that will show you the ropes and understand what an investor's perspective will be, the fact that all investors are not created equal. And that's because they all have different goals depending on the size of their fund and the companies they want to invest in and their investment horizon outlook and all those kind of things. And as an entrepreneur, you've got to titrate your story down to the very best compelling views of what your value proposition is. What is the burning problem that people are willing to open up their wallets and uh, and give you the money to, to spend on your software? And that sounds like you've, got a product doing that. It's now your challenge of figuring out how to reach that audience because the benefit to them is a better chance of getting publishing or if you're self-publishing, higher chance of getting traction and getting sales, right? I imagine in the advent of the digital age in recent years, is there a lot out there? And so the signal to noise ratio, if you're a self-publisher, you put something out, I guess almost anybody could put something on Amazon, I guess.
1: Yeah, and the value proposition goes all the way from the writer, which is where we started because we wanted to help them get better books out there so you're not crushed by terrible reviews or no sales, all the way to you know a company like Amazon who basically they don't make any money until the writer sells books. So it's all done on royalties, and they take 30% of, of sales. So if an author doesn't sell... They, you know, they're carrying the network. They're, they're, they're supporting all of the back stuff that has to be there and whatever. As the books get better, more books sell and it's more profitable. And then, then the hope is there that the Amazon continues to support writers, right? Because they have more books out there that are high quality. So it's that full circle. Plus, then you go to just the reader joy of reading a book that, you know, just because the book is self-published doesn't mean it's not a great book. Right, and so they get they get a wider selection of books from authors all over the world.
0: And just as a maybe another slight tangent, how often is an author's first book going to become a bestseller?
1: It's rare, and you know, it's, uh, it, and it's a it's an interesting thing because it took years and years to write Harry Potter, and you know, Jodi Picot is another one of my favorites, uh, just from a story point of view. That she's done extremely well. She writes young adult novels. And she was interviewed and the interviewer asked, you know, what on her first book, you know, what, what does it feel like to be an overnight success? And she said, if you consider 12 years of hard work, overnight success, it feels great. <laughs> and there it is.
0: So that's that's just a message to authors everywhere, I guess. Right. Is is It's hard to do it, but if you're committed and passionate to it, well, I think uh, Fictionary would be a great platform for people to think about. So how how can listeners find out more, Christina?
1: Yeah, so, well, our website is fictionary.co. So it's fictionary spelt like dictionary, but with an F, and .co, not .com. And there, right up at the top, we've got, we have four writers, four editors. And so you can see there, And uh, we have a YouTube channel that we put lots of educational videos up there. Our goal is to put as much um, how to edit information for free up as we can manage, you know, based on time limits is kind of the only limitation of what we're what we're doing. And so our YouTube channel is is pretty popular for the educational part of it. And then on the actual, if you want to try it out, we have a two week free trial for Storyteller for writers, and we have a 30 day free trial for Story Coach for editors because we want to give them a chance to try out a full manuscript prior to actually making the commitment to buy the software. So we thought in a month seemed like a reasonable time to be able to go through and and figure out, you know, if it really works for them or not.
0: Excellent, Christina, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. we encourage everybody to go check out Fictionary on the website and on social media. And we wish you all the best growing this business in Eastern Ontario. Congratulations on your success and best wishes for the future.
1: Thank you. And I have to say it was really fun being here because, as you know, I don't live too far from Queen's University, so it has a little soft spot in my heart too. So it's really been a pleasure today talking to you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Queen's Innovation Runway. If you like this podcast, please be sure to subscribe or drop us a comment. If you want to learn more about supporting research and innovation at Queen's in Eastern Ontario, please see our show notes for the list of organizations at Queen's that help startups